If there was one thing we never seem to have enough of, it's time. When I'm having a difficult conversation with a patient or a colleague, there's always that part of me that's thinking, how long is this going to take? How can I save time? So what if everything you thought you knew about this was wrong? Hey guys, in case you're new to this, I'm Hayden Richards. I'm an emergency doctor and this is the daily dose made to kickstart your day and put the spotlight on speaking up for respect. Have you ever noticed that whenever you're having a difficult conversation, you're constantly making decisions about what direction to take the conversation next? On the one hand, you have your agenda, whatever it is you've come in the, into the conversation to achieve. And on the other hand, you have a constant flow of data coming from the person you're talking with. This can come in the form of subtle, non-verbal cues, like a change in their tone, facial expression, or, or body language. Or it can come in the form of more overt, verbal cues. When it comes to cues, the first challenge is to actually just pick up on them. The second challenge is working on how we respond to them. If you look at the literature on verbal and nonverbal cues, what it shows is that we're actually pretty good at, at picking up on them. But what we seem to find much more difficult is the responding part. Whenever you see or hear a cue, it's always tempting to think to yourself, do I really want to go there? Looks like a can of worms to me. No, I don't think I have time for this. So what we tend to do is ignore the cue. Now when the other person stops exhibiting their verbal or nonverbal cue, it can be tempting to think, phew, dodged a bullet there. Of course, there is almost always a critical piece of information behind that cue, which now we may never find out. Or when we do find it out, it's often because it's led to some minor or maybe major disaster that inevitably takes us way longer to clean up than if we just address the cue in the first place. So what does the academic literature say about the effect of responding to cues on time efficiency and productivity? In one study published in JAMA, researchers found that doctors who acknowledged the cues of their patients, on average, completed their consultations two and a half minutes sooner than doctors who did not respond to the cues of their patients. And in another review article, better doctor-patient communication was conclusively linked to better patient outcomes. That means that effectively responding to cues allows us to get more done in less time with better outcomes. So how might these cues show up in real life? Here's some examples. Imagine you're sitting opposite a patient. Maybe you're talking to them about a medication that you think they should start. At some point, the patient breaks eye contact, looks down, lets out a sigh and, and shakes their head. This is a classic nonverbal cue that, that could indicate all kinds of things. Although it's not entirely clear what. So how might you respond? Probably the simplest way to respond is to ask a simple, open question. What's on your mind? What if the patient gave a verbal cue, maybe something like this? Oh, I've seen what these can do, you know. I've seen them before. How might you respond to that? 
Tell me, what have you seen? And what if the cue, instead of being a statement, was more of a question? Do I really need this doc? Do you mind if I ask, what is it that's worrying you? Let's take a look at that last one again. Notice that the cue was actually a question, but I didn't immediately respond to the question at a cognitive level by explaining my position. Well, the reason you can't go home is that A, instead, I recognized the question as a cue, a sign of some underlying emotional process, and I responded to that cue by exploring it. I wanted to know what was behind the question. Now, that's not to say that I won't eventually get around to answering the patient's question, but if I have a better understanding of the other person's ideas, concerns, and expectations, I'll be able to frame my concerns in a way that makes better sense to them and therefore is more likely to align with their priorities and is therefore something that they are much more likely to agree with. This in turn means that I'll spend less time explaining myself and hopefully avoid a situation where I I feel like I have to argue my case. For me, this is the essence of trust-based influence. And I want to tell you that when I finally understood this, everything changed about the way I had difficult conversations. I always used to approach these things in a way that felt more like an argument or a discussion or a debate. I used to respond to questions purely with more information or or by trying to explain myself. But by exploring more of the emotional side of things, by exploring more of what's behind these questions, what's behind these cues, what I found is that I was able to align myself better with other people, with with patients, with colleagues, with whoever. And that meant that the outcomes from these conversations were almost always better. For now, the main message I want to leave with you is this. If you want to save time with your difficult conversations, you may need to practice doing something that goes totally against your intuition. Whenever you pick up on some cue, subtle or obvious, verbal or nonverbal, and you hear that little voice in your head saying, Don't go there. Well, I suggest you go there. Explore the cue. See where it leads. Whether you're taking a history from a patient or negotiating a big contract, picking up on cues will, on average, save you time. And it will greatly increase the likelihood that you will arrive at a solution that both you and the other person will be able to commit to. For more information on picking up and responding to cues, check out the podcast description. By making small changes like these every day, we can all contribute to making our workplaces better. Not only in the way we care for our patients, but in the way we care for ourselves and each other.